Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. We've got ourselves another AFL season review slash preview of the 2023 season. Alex Catalano is not here again, but I'm here, Alex Doherty, and uh, we've got to try and reel this guy in because he just <laughs> loves his Richmond Tigers. Uh, Alex Miller, how are you today, mate? Oh, I'm very excited. Always my favourite time of the year, Doc, talking about not just my footy club, but what's to come and what happened last year. It was a bit of a sad ending but bright futures ahead a good off season so plenty to get stuck in it for this mob yeah we're talking about the richmond tigers uh it's uh, bounced back after a pretty uh, dismal 2021 they missed finals altogether in 2021 but they came back the win loss record of uh 13 wins nine losses also a draw as well in 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 a mix there uh what's your initial thoughts of of, of 2022 miller well, it was a, a strange sort of season in many respects. We saw lots of good things happen. I think we saw some really good development for some young guys. I think that we saw big Benny Miller, one of my favourites, Doc. He took some big steps this year and definitely in the 22. Noah Cumberland came on great leaps and bounds. Tyler Sonsi looks like he's going to be a man for the future. Um, and I really like, you know, sort of Gibb Kiss when he played, you know, by, before the injury. Bolton took more steps. Baltar took more steps. Um, Hugo Rousmith looked really good as well. So, And how can we not mention Morris Rioli Jr.? I mean, he was absolutely <laughs> fantastic, little junior. He's, uh, he's got something about him. He's got something about him. Um, so he was really good. But I think it was, yeah, definitely some good things happened from the season. But it was a, it was a tough finish to 2022, Doc. Obviously, the finals were... Less than ideal, or the final, I should say. Um, but I think all in all, I was pretty happy with the year. Yeah, well, when you consider that Brisbane pushed themselves all the way to the prelim from seventh spot, it's it's it, you'd almost consider that as an admirable admirable defeat of, yeah. of some sorts. But and the game itself was was a cracking game. It really could have gone either way. It genuine, genuinely was a flip of the coin. But I suppose we take we we love a positive. We love positives here at A three. But we also have to. I think I think you mentioned it earlier. Is the, the kids are coming through? We saw we saw we saw Cumberland come in in, in leaps and bounds uh, this year mm. and really come into his own as a as a mid sized forward. Plays a lot taller than what his actual size is. I think he's like about one eighty five, one eighty four yeah. centimeters. And as well, guys guys like Ralph Smith played some games. Gibkiss, not a fan of how, why um, Damien Hardwick seems to play him as a. <laughs> As a, as a forward sometimes, but he looked like. But when he was playing as a key defender, he did, he definitely didn't look out of place. It looked like he'd been playing the game at senior level for five years. Yeah. Um, Sonzi, Morris Rioli, they're gonna they're gonna be really really good pickups as well. Um, and Judson Clark played some games, and I thought Daddy. he looked very lively at the uh, at at the, at the top level. But as well, and as well, a bit, another big positive is seeing is seeing no more Jason Castagna Miller because he announced <laughs> his retirement. <laughs> uh, it's a shame. Quentin Knuckles probably uh, knocking on his door every night, wondering why he didn't do it a couple of days earlier. He could have got all this spot, uh, young Quentin. But yeah, look, Jason Castagna. I mean, one hundred and thirty-four odd games, three flags. He um, had some moments. He, I think, Jason Castagna is a big what if player. I think something that fr- that I've got fresh about. Aided about him a lot was that you could see how good he could be, but he just never fulfilled his potential. I think that he was still a good player, a solid enough. He had some great games, had some could have won a 
uh, bloody North Street medal, almost could have kicked bloody five on the Giants, ended up kicking uh, 05. Uh, but I think it that, nearly, yeah. it nearly beat the Giants by points. <laughs> nearly beat the Giants, but, but a good club man. They loved him around there, and uh, he's got some interesting heart, but he's, uh, he's a really uh, nice operator. But I wish, wish him all the best in his future endeavours, as long as it's nowhere near the football club. <laughs> um, oh, look, I will say this about Kostanek. I've had, I definitely have had my grievances about him. I think there is glimpse, there was glimpses of talent, but I, I think there is also he can't kick. <laughs> so, um, but I, I think in, considering where where they got to, he was a yeah. crucial part of uh, Richmond's sort of game plan to sort of suffocate. The opposition mm. through their ball movement, through through tackling pressure, and he was a great he was a great exponent of that. So yeah. that that can't that can't go unrecognized, and I think that just set set the uh, set the tone for what modern football is right now. Uh, is all about pressure forwards and and just making sure that and just ensuring that the uh, the opposition turn the ball over any chance they get. Yeah. So, but back to back to twenty twenty two wise, uh, I look. The fact that we, we can also we can also turn to the off season, Miller. The uh, the, the acquisitions of uh, Hopper and Taranto off GWS has already, I think, has launched you into top four contention. Yeah, look, it's um, I think Tim Taranto's a guy that I definitely know is going to produce from the get go. He looks fit, looks healthy, looks really. Um, how do you describe his figure? Compact and looks like he'd eat you for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then spit you out and do it again. He's he's a real good unit. I like the way he goes about it. And Jacob Hopper, I know what he's going to be. I think one thing I would say about him, Doc, is that it's, it might take a bit of a time for him to get his body back where he was. Um, only played a few games last year. We know what he can produce at the best level. He's a you know former All Australian forty man squad operator, great inside mid. Um, so that I love and I love them and I like as well one thing that we used to do a lot Doc is when push came to shove with trade periods we used to really try and you know not give away too much and sell them short sometimes you just got to give away first round picks and that's what it took to get him over those players over the line so I really like them um, I think that yeah it would be really good I think as well for Cochin. Um I think we'll see him a lot more forward this year which I actually am keen on I'm not expecting him to kick 30, 40 goals. Um, he might not even crack 25, but he's going to be down there for leadership. He's got some really good, you know, um, ball-winning ability. He can – he's got great hands, probably one of the best, you know, inside contested, you know, handballs in the comp. So if he can add that to a forward line, Doc, I think it'll be really important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. Uh, I don't have many expectations. I think this might be his last season. Yeah, uh, I think he's probably Trent, got one Trent more. Trent but yeah, but look, it, it just the, the inclusions just add an, another dynamic. You know, you could have you could have a midfield of Taranto, Dusty, and Hopper, and you, no no one would have thought two years ago that was possible. No, no. Uh, and 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 even guys like Shea Bolton can roll through there. You've got uh, Jack Roster can roll through there. You've got a lot of you got a lot of a meatball doc. I think that people this will be his <laughs> best meatball. season. This will be his best season. The human meatball. I guarantee it. He'll have his yeah, best well, season he, he's ever had. If he keeps his hamstrings in one piece, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Yeah, <laughs> I just think as well there'll be less pressure on him and what he produced last year as the number one mid, showing that he'll have, you know, 
guy to contend with in a good way where they're taking pressure away from him. He, he might, you know, get off the leash in games. And I think there's one thing about Dion Press here that is so underrated, Doc, is that his kicking has come a long way, I think, particularly from his time at the Suns. Um, he wasn't a known goal kicker, but last year showed some good signs of having a good impact in forward of the centre. Yeah, absolutely. And, and whilst we were on goal kickers, I thought one massive positive was how ruthless they could mm. be at times, particularly when, particularly in the forward half. And it's it, and and they were they were first in the competition in the home and away season for points. Yep, uh, Richmond. So the fact that you had Hopper and Taranto, Taranto, I think sneakily is an underrated goal kicking mid, uh, well, and that it just adds another layer. You know, you could you could. Rest him as a forward fifty operator. Let Dusty do the work in the middle, and, and vice versa. Absolutely, it's going to be a, it's a it's a it's going to be a nightmare for, for opposition defenders. And uh, you know, we talk about uh, talk about Presti there, Doc. Being able to have a bit more of a relaxed role, Dusty's just going to thrive, I think, in this type of environment where he, I think, will play a fair. I reckon he'd probably play seventy five to eighty percent of the time in the forward line, which I love. I think that Dusty is still. Still, I, I don't know, this might be biased, but I still think he's the hardest player to match up with one-on-one in the forward line. Yeah, so, yeah I, I tend to agree because he, he's too strong for the, the mid-sized players, but he's also too quick for taller players. Yeah. So you, you, you really have a hard time trying to cover off. You need to sort of try and play like five metres, like two to, two to three metres off him. Yeah, he's, he absolutely is. Yeah, to try and close down the um, to try and close down his speed, but yeah, even then he, he, he might prove to be too much of a handful. Well, that's the but, thing; he's probably lost a little bit of speed, Doc, but he's still got that strength, you know, tenfold. He looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah, absolutely, and as well, yeah, they, they I think they they bridged the hundred point mark a, a fair few times. There was, I think, it was one, two, three, four, five, six. About eleven times in twenty twenty two that they that they break the uh, the hundred the hundred point barrier and included a game against West Coast where they absolutely destroyed them at home. Yeah. Uh, at, at, at sorry in Perth, uh, there was also the game the, the game we went to uh, late late in the year against Hawthorne. Yes. That was a, an absolute clinic of a performance. Yeah. By the time yeah, Devin Garanger <laughs> punching bag. <laughs> uh, I tell you, I tell you what, he, he didn't die wondering that kid. <laughs> it was. Uh, it, <laughs> But mm-hmm. um, but also as well the um the week after the, when they played Essendon they 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 put up 140 points so there's a and as well it, it correlates into their, their their forward line structure obviously Tom Lynch had a massive year Shea Bolton had 43 goals and Jack Rewalt also managed a 40 goal season so those that, that and and the fact that you got double figure goals from guys like Cumberland uh, Morris Rioli Noah Bolter that was playing as a bit more of a swinger swing role operator and, and Dusty kicked 12 goals from nine games as well. So there's, there's not, you, you're not sport, you, you're sport for choice in terms of uh, forward options, Miller. And the scary thing is about those last couple of guys, Doc, is Rioli, Cumberland and Dusty only played about, you know, half a season. <laughs> um, the fact that they were still up there in double digits is really, you know, scary. Yeah, look, I think that, people forget, I mean, you're very well aware after what I've said a lot about Lynch last year, pretty much one would have won the Coleman if he played every game. So I think that people are going to be – should not be sleeping on him. I still think people – he's easily, easily a top three 
forward, you know, maybe you can push at the five, but key forward in the comp. I think that what he adds to the Richmond forward line is something that can't be understated. He reminds me a little bit of, of Tim English, Tom yeah. Lynch. And and the reason why I say that is because when you get an uninterrupted run, he's so hard to stop. He's yeah. so in he's so influential around the contest. When you have something like a like a like a knee injury or a shoulder injury or concussion it derails it completely and he becomes a sort of thereabouts. He's, like, he's not awful, but he's not producing at the level that we yeah. know he can. And I thought last year, you know, he did miss he did miss some footy, but I thought after like he had largely I thought it was an uninterrupted preseason. Now that really jumped him into the top five key forwards last year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well what Richmond have done really well is letting Tom get up the ground a bit more, Doc. I think that's something that we didn't get to see a whole lot at Gold Coast, um, but he's actually got a really beautiful field kick on him. Sometimes he's got the handball IQ of a, a couch potato, but his kicking is something that is really impressive. I think if he can – he's something that has always been tough when he joined was if he could get well below his knees and do well on the deck, he'd be the complete forward. And the Richmond – Staff have done a great job of turning Tom Lynch into that. So that's definitely what I liked. Um, there were some things I did, though, dislike, Doc. There were a couple of things that I found very frustrating. I think uh, that... Yep, the floor is yours, Miller. <laughs> you know, before you do that, I just found a nice little stat here. Your mate, Nathan Broad, led the club for marks. So uh. so uh, that we'll start off with that. How that happened, I'm not sure. Uh, look, I don't know how that's happened either. Um, I, I didn't like – there was a couple of things I didn't like throughout the year. I think a couple of things were Jack Graham and particularly Liam Baker's minutes. I think that they were stuck too much as halfbacks and half-forwards where I would have liked to see them both play a lot more midfield this year – last year, sorry. Um, and I think as well that was particularly when it was a game against the Giants that we actually won where it was Jack Ross lining up there with – couple of other guys that you'd bloody never heard of. I think it was Tom Dow and um, I think it was even Sonsi. But I think that I would have liked to see Graham get a bit, bit more of a run during that time and whatnot. So that's something definitely to consider. Also, wasn't a big fan of how the back line was structured at times. I didn't really think that it looked like the, the best thing. But I think now they look a lot more confident with who they're going to set down there as the back six. Yeah. It's interesting you mention Jack Graham because I I don't know where he lies in this team with the additions of Taranto and Hopper. Obviously, it's great that you've got some ready-made, ready-to-go midfield bulls that are probably going to elevate you into the top six, possibly top four this year. But a guy like Jack Graham, who he's no slouch, but no. I don't know what sort of superstar quality he has compared to Hopper's a great contested mid. Taranto is a great hybrid sort of midfielder where he can either where he can win contested ball, but he can also push forward and kick a goal or two. Yeah, I don't I don't know where Jack Graham's niche is in in, in amongst all that. He's a he's a great blue chip of midfielder, but I just don't know where how he's going to jump those two in in the middle. Yep, no, that's a really good point. I, I really think it'll be interesting to see how as well that. They've got to really get a good blend. It's going to be important to see Dimmer really manage some minutes this year and play guys at the right time and reward players for form in the VFL. That is something that Dimmer doesn't like to do. 
um, that frustrates me. I think that there are guys that play really well in the VFL and sometimes don't get a look in. I think Jack Ross is a is a key name on that list. But yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see. Sort of, it'll be critical really to our success is getting the right blend. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good call. Uh, another 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 thing. One thing I didn't exactly like was that game against North Melbourne. Now, look. There was a there was a bit going on at the time between between North Melbourne and and the whole David Noble situation, but the fact that and I think you I think you might have called it the, the week leading up to the game. You said, "Oh, this is the sort of game that we might drop," uh, given what's happened with North. But oh. and and sure enough, you did. And, and the week after and the week before that, you you let Noah Anderson kick a goal after the siren to let the Suns uh, continue to haunt your dreams up there in, in Queensland. It's a but... fucking nightmare of a fortnight, Doc, I tell you that much. <laughs> we hate it. <laughs> oh yeah. Nah, look, it's it's enough to it's enough to make any grown man cry at all. <laughs> so um but yeah look there was a lot there was a few of those games where you sort of dropped um dropped very winnable ones. I thought uh, another another example was the St Kilda game where oh. you were right this was earlier in the year oh. but yeah, it was a game where I thought you had control for a large portion of the game, and then Mass King says, uh, "Fuck it, I'm just going to be cute and drop five goals on you." <laughs> um, yeah, St Kilda is one of those teams that we either flog them or they absolutely smack us around. So, look, I think, yeah, there were times of the consistency probably was due to the nature of the list at times, Doc. There were times where there was lots of teenagers running around. There were times where there was probably too many older guys running around. So that's what I mean when I say sort of just get the right blend and top four, top four could easily be achievable. Yeah, it oh, certainly can be. They probably... You mentioned the defense as well. They were the, I think they were the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ninth, ninth best uh, defense um, mm. of, of the comp, which I think needs to be better. Yeah. If you need, if, it probably goes without saying, but I, I'm not sure what your your structure looks like. Robbie Tarrant took a long, long time to adjust, and and maybe that's just a maybe that's just a a, a players thing. Yeah. Sometimes it, sometimes it might take a year, or or, or so for a player to, for a new player to gel with the team. But I just thought I, w- I wasn't particularly uh, impressed with 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 his with his efforts. And Grimes can only do so much. I'm not sure. did he? I don't, how many how many games did Grimes play? I don't. How many games did he play? He struggled a lot for fitness, Grimesy, which is a bit of a shame because he's had a pretty good run before becoming captain. Now he's cursed. He only played the 15 games last year. Yeah. He's 31, so. Yeah. And, and Vlosten played 17 games as well. And and I think and Lambert's not there anymore, but he was a, he was a big blow in terms of structure. He, mm. he, he was he was so good around, around that midfield. Um, so... How you sort of how you sort of you've got to get all these you know defenders back in. Yeah. Bolter played the Bolter missed four games and the only one that was looking like looking like a picture of consistency in the back half was um was Jaden Short. Yeah, well that was the thing um, that he looked really good at the back line, but we needed him in the midfield as well. So it was a bit of a it was a bit of a frustrating season in that regard. And also, obviously, what I didn't like is I kicked it off with was the final. Um, the goal implies saying it was conclusive when we've got no fucking idea if it was a goal or a point. But that nonetheless isn't, um, you know, is frustrating enough. But 
Um, yeah, look, I think it was disappointing what Richmond's expectations were for that final series and just didn't get to anywhere near where they were expecting. So that was definitely a bit of a frustrating way to end the season. But MVPs, Doc, we got to talk some guys that were elite this year. I want you to kick it off. Pressure's on you here. Whew. All right, then. Um, so, look, we, I mean, we talked about Tom Lynch before, and I think it it probably goes without saying that I think if you kick 63 goals from less than 20 games, I think you need to be up there yeah. in terms of being the best and fairest. But as well, I, I think Daniel Rioli, Miller, is a guy that we yeah. haven't talked about, is a guy that we haven't talked about yet. He finished second in, 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 in the Jack Dye medal. And I think that... He's had such a remarkable turnaround into as a player. You know, he was drafted as a forward. He won the he won a couple of flags as a forward. Then he became then he was a bit maligned for not impacting the scoreboard as much as as others around him. But two years ago, he got switched into the defensive half, and he's just taken it upon leaps and bounds since then. And I think not only has he improved out of sight this year, I think he was Australian in the Australian squad. Yep. Last year, but not only is he not only is he improved, but he's gotten to that point now where he's being formally recognised by the competition. You know, the, the you know he averaged he averaged twenty disposals, he averaged four point seven marks, he averaged three point three rebound fifties per mm. game, and that sort of stuff that's verging on elite numbers as yeah. as a rebounding defender. He still kicked ten goals. Like, I mean, what does that tell you? He's still bloody kicked 10 goals from the bloody back line. So that's very good. And, yeah, I mean, you've summed it up perfectly, Doc. To put it into context, he's, he, he had 471 total disposals this year. His next previous best was 200 less back in 2017. So he's definitely been really good moving to the back line as a ball user. I think that he's he was going to be my shout, you know, for MVP. Him and Jaden Short, I think, two guys that just completely underrated. Because when you talk about Richmond, you don't talk about those two guys. You talk about Dusty, you talk about Cochin, you talk about Lynch. You don't really talk about the Jaden Shorts and Riolis, but they've become beyond critical parts of just the how well functioned this Richmond team can be. Yeah, I, I think I think Jaden Short still gets nowhere near enough recognition for no. what he does as no. a football player. Not only did, like. Not only does he gain like significant numbers in terms of meterage, but he but he's also such a, an efficient ball user. Like I've like there there hasn't been many games where I've seen Jaden Short just butcher the footy and turn the ball over. Like yeah, it might be might be once or twice, but he's but I haven't seen him play a horrible game. Yeah, no, he's just the ultimate pitch of consistency. So I think that yeah, there was some definite MVP shirts for sure. Those were those were mine. Also, I think Dion Pressure. We talked about the meatball, oh, the meatball. Uh, and and he had a he had a terrific year as well. He finished in the, he finished third in 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 the Jack Dyer Medal, twenty four disposals, kicked six six, um, and and played nineteen games as well. So, uh, career not a career high is almost you know, mm. almost across the board. He had he had a massive year in in twenty nineteen, but still very very good numbers five point five point nine clearances. That's a career high. Um, at Richmond, anyway, um, but yeah, he, he, I thought in terms of putting it all together, it's the best season I've seen from Dion Prestia since since their since their last flag. Oh, sorry, since yeah, since twenty nineteen. Yeah, I think that as well. The thing with Prestia is, as I said, he's just always been that guy that's been able to get it done. 
for the Tigers, and he's going to be able to, I think, achieve more this season for sure. Most improved, Miller. Cool. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a tough one. We we pretty much rattled Dan, Daniel Rioli as the uh, the most improved, yep. but I think there's still a lot of players here that have been in the system and they still and they've really risen to prominence. So you're you're the man here. I'll let you kick it off. Oh well, it's tough. Look, there's a couple of names I just I'd give some mentions. Jack Ross finally getting a good runner that showed what he could do. Um, sort of a reverse one, I'd say, Doc, for the uh, Uno reverse card would be uh, Robbie Tarrant, given how rubbish he was the previous season, really uh, improved back in at the age of 32, 33. But, look, if I was to give it to a player, I think there's definitely one guy that I think really improved, and that was definitely Ben Miller. I think that a guy who was beyond on the brink of being delisted and sort of just ending up probably on a VFL list and local footy list for the rest of his career, sort of said, look, I've got to play whatever role I can. And I think that he's taken on the role beautifully as the utility. You know, he's a great size of, um, you know, 198 centimetres, 97 kilo. He's only 23 and his numbers will never jump off the page. As I said, it's what I talk about him. He's not there to be, you know, kicking three, four goals a game, you know, getting 15 in set marks. He's just doing the little things to make the tick. And that's what wins your flags, players like that. Those just role players that do their best. And, you know, another one would be Morris Rioli is a, is a guy definitely improved. Him, he looked like he's going to take on a massive role this year, Doc. Yeah, no, he, he is very impressive in the games he played, Morris Rioli. So, and we and we saw it a couple of times uh, straight, uh, firsthand. This, this guy has got speed and he's got – and he <laughs> – he can terrorise a bloody, bloody defender. Um, yeah. My most improved is I've got a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, we we talk this one. This one just a small shout out though. I, I think Shea Bolton's. Uh, I think had has had a tremendous mm-hmm. has had a tremendous uh, year and has risen up. His his goals and behinds. Like, he's just his scoring has gone up tenfold. You know, he had 43 scoring shots, uh, well, 43 scores in, in 2021 for 23-20. That doubled into into 84. Yep. So there's that. The fact that he's all, the fact that he's also in the All-Australian, I think he was All-Australian uh, last year. I don't really pay much attention to that anymore. It's just become a novelty. Um, but he, he's, still, he's still considered as one of the, if not best, the most dangerous players. Yeah. And he has just, he's got an insane goal sense. And that's the sort of stuff that as coaches, you can't teach as a, you, you just cannot, you no. just cannot teach that sort of stuff. You know, they, you just leave it to guys like Shay to just sort of do it in their own time. And he just knows how to find, how to find the goals. He just knows how to score. Good chat. Um, I like that though. But, but I'd also like to give some props to Marlon Pickett. Now, anyone who's listened to the podcast over the longest time, we we've 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 given him a bit. <sighs> um, it, 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 we we had the uh, the honeymoon phase of the uh, the twenty nineteen grand final. Then the then the next couple of years came around, and Miller started kicking on him, and then we started kicking on him. We didn't think he was going to amount to much good, but oh. I actually thought he had a really good year on the wing. He did. He, he he seems to have just settled down and found his role found his role in this team, and he links up pretty well. I mean the the. The stats don't won't indicate that he's had a career best year. He averaged sixteen disposals, four point five marks is a career high, uh, one point six rebound fifties is a career high, three point three inside fifties is a career high. But it, nine. But the fact that 
He's he also managed to poll Brownlow votes in this in in uh, last season as well. I'm just going to bring that up. He polled he polled votes in in the West Coast game, the second one when 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 you won at the MCG. He had 25 and two goals, but I, I, it's just a. I, I think I think he's really found. It's taken him a couple of seasons, and all the power to him. He, he he's played 57. Yeah. But he's he's been the original feel good story of the mid season draft. Absolutely, yeah. I I think that what I would say for Piggott is that he definitely did find his role properly this year, Doc. I think that I just he needs to. I think he has found his limitations. He needs to stick to them. Don't try and do too much. You know, you don't have to be getting twenty five thirty a game. Not every player does that. You just do your role. And he covers a lot of ground well. And he. One thing that I would say he's always done well, even when I've rubbished him, is his defensive work rate is some of the best as a wingman in the comp. And I think McIntosh is a guy as well, Doc, a guy we haven't spoken about. He could easily be most improved as well. I think you think about where he was, you know, two years ago, he was on the brink of sort of moving back to Perth and, you know, getting some a fat paycheck from Frio when they were sort of building up their list and getting – they ended up obviously getting up, you know, James Ash instead. But – you know, McIntosh has done a tremendous amount of body of work to, to get back into this team. And um, him and Pickett, yeah, they do great jobs on the wing for sure. He's a criminally underrated player, McIntosh. Oh, and he's, he's all he's, disgust, he's disgustingly underrated. Yep. It's an A3 first. But he's he's very consistent as well. Absolutely. And, and I really like and I really like and, and that's what I really love about Camden McIntosh. But we've got to come to this year, twenty twenty three Miller. It's a big year for Richmond, big year for Dimmer. Uh, he's not going to be sacked uh, if they don't make finals like Ken. Um, but I'll, 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 I'll lead it with you, Miller. What, as as a Richmond supporter, mm. what's the pass mark for the Tigers this year? Do, do you make top four? Do you do you go all the way? Do, what, what what do you see as the pass mark for the Tigers? Yeah, look, that's a great question. Though. I've got three different mindsets over this. I've got my my pass mark is making the eight. I think. What is my ideal scenario is them finishing six. And I think if everything goes right, we can finish top four. But I would say, realistically, a pass mark is anywhere between six to eighth. I think they definitely have to make the eight given the recruits and the pressure sort of on them from the get-go. Again, though, I wouldn't put out like, you know, somebody else pushing into the eight and us falling out given how many teams are going to be you know, up there and whatnot. So it's going to be a matter of getting in a run at the right time. One thing Richmond have done well, which they haven't done well for most of my life, but sort of since <laughs> about um, since I turned about 17, 18, they have, is that they've actually found their gears at the back end of the season, Doc, and that's when teams are most dangerous. Me and you speak about, uh, all three of us actually on the podcast, but me and you a lot speak about getting into, you know, um, getting into form at the end of the year is makes you an unstoppable team in many respects. And you look at Geelong, they've still on their win streak of something like 17 games or fucking 300, whatever it is. It's absolutely insane. And that's just a prime example. They want a flag. Um, yep. So that's how you do it. So I think, yeah, realistically, I'll, I, I expect top eight. Um, my Richmond fanboy heart says four, but I realistically, I'd be happy with six and eight anywhere between then. Yeah, well, they, they they won the last four four games of the home and away season, so they came home really really yeah. strong, um, and and even then, like 
and even then they probably had they probably had every right to beat Brisbane in the final. It was just one of those games where it was sort of just a coin flip in such a frantic game of footy. But look, I, I think looking into this year, top eight is definitely non-negotiable. I mean, you, you brought in, you practically sold the farm for Taranto and Hopper as, as midfielders, so you've practically you practically just say you're in almost in the same category as Brisbane, I think. Yeah. You've you've put your chips you've put your chips all in, and you and you want to go for the big one. Whether or not you do that or, or not, it depends on your list and and everything else that goes around with it. But top eight is non negotiable. I think you've got the list to push top four. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the the fi- the fixture you, you play that. Your fixture's not too bad, actually. Mm. You play you play the dogs twice. I expect you to win at least one because we're no we're no good at the <laughs> MCG. Um, Sydney twice, Melbourne twice, West Coast twice, Port twice, and St Kilda twice. Fuck. So, I think you you've definitely got potential to win at least one of against Sydney and Melbourne. Not against Melbourne. We 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 can't <laughs> beat that team. I don't know why we can't beat the D's. Uh, uh, you might if they have a season like they did last year, then you might get them at the back end of the year. I've got, but yeah. St Kilda you'll beat twice, and West Coast. Or oh, look, I don't know. You just, I think you can, you can at least beat them once. You can beat them here at the MCG. Danger game in Perth, I think. Against it will be a danger game. Will be a danger game in Perth, particularly if they start the season really, really well. Mm, and, and and Port as well is a game that are games that I can see winning both of as well. Yeah. Start of the, start of the season, you've got Carlton, of course, the uh, the season opener. Um, you'd, you'd hope you'd make amends from last year where you practically shat the bed in the last quarter. Yeah, Prestia came um, off, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, that was it. <laughs> Absolutely, though, summed up perfectly. But yeah, the, the the first five games, all of them quite tough. Actually, you've yeah. got yeah Carlton, who you expect to push for the top eight. You've got the Crows at Adelaide Oval, Collingwood at the MCG on a Friday night uh, round three. It's going to be massive. Uh, the dogs at the MCG, which look, I expect you'll win that one anyway. Will be will be a tough game nonetheless. We'll be there probably. Yeah, watch that. Yeah, we might, yeah, I might be there actually. Um, can't can't resist going to a game at the MCG to watch my boys uh, shit the bed. <laughs> um, and also Sydney, Sydney at the uh, the Adelaide Oval as part of the gather round, and Melbourne on top of that oh, uh, the the following week. So if you win three of them, I think you'll be okay. Yeah. Um, I th- I think the ultimate goal though is to get four wins or more from the start of that. From the start, from those opening six, it's a tough, it's a tough start though, for sure. Yeah, do that, and I think you do that, and I think you you, you at least get top six and dim a big uh, smile, and and a, and a big smile for Alex Miller. But <laughs> yeah, so oh, look, I look finals. I think you'll make. I think you'll be. Oh look, I don't I don't, don't want to say it yet because I haven't. I still haven't done my um, my top eight predict my well, my predictions for the mm. season, but. I think I think top six is ninety percent locked in. Yeah, look, ninety percent high. Oh. I think I think I think you've got to get to at least a semi final to to make it as a pass mark. Yeah, I think so. I think given what the talent that brought in, it's obviously a win now scenario. Um, it's not like we're waiting five or six years to get this all together. So, oh no, no, I think I it'll be that. very interesting. Very interesting season for us indeed. Yeah, Jack and Trent will be uh, a, a kind of keen on one more last hurrah. It'll be their last dance, Jeez. I, I, th- I think. And Tom Lynch is going to be like, yeah, get, get on my back, boys. We'll, uh, we'll, have, we'll have a right old time. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, I think that'll about, that'll just about do us here on the A3 yep. podcast. Um, well, thank you very much again for uh, for tuning in, you guys. You guys have been magnificent over the summer, and we can't thank you enough. The listens have been good. We love the love, the- Doc. 
we lo- we love the love and make sure you keep it coming because uh, we'll be we'll be on our socials as well a3 footy podcast on facebook our twitter you can catch us at a3 footy if you want to send us an email tell us how good we are tell us how off the mark we are tell us we stop talking shit uh, a3 a3 footy at gmail.com <laughs> and also instagram as well at a3 footy podcast um and uh Stay tuned as well because we've still got season previews to come to come in. We're going to be back in the Tom Hickey studio very, very, very soon. soon. Very, very soon. I'm, I'm I'm back at university now, so I've just got to make sure Juan understands that I've also got uh, work. Uh, I've got uni commitments to do in that studio um, far beyond the podcast. But until next time, I'm Alex Doherty. I've been Alex Miller. And make sure you stay tuned because Alex Carolina will be back. Um, and we've got some AFLW stuff to come through as well. It's going to be massive. Footy never, never sleeps here at A3. See you soon. Ciao.